I presume you also consistently monitor trends in the global business and financial world. And if you've ever bothered to study how old and analog our current global system of payment settlements is, this week's concern should be on the top of your mind too. The following clip is courtesy of Bloomberg, and it's entitled, The Next Big Risk. It's an investor's job to assess risk at all times. The number one risk that we, we're really vulnerable to is uh, the sustainability of the global payment system. And I choose the word sustainability over the word vulnerability uh, because uh, the real key here is keeping the global payment system running. And you know we've had so many uh, hacks, terrorist attacks, uh, the Colonial Pipeline incident. Uh, it, would, it would appear to me that we are extremely vulnerable to having an attack against the payment system of the financial markets, and not just here in the United States, but in Europe. And so, you know, what I'm really talking about is things like the Fed wire, where all all the banks' money, you know, clears through. Uh, but then also something like uh, the Depository Trust Corporation, the DCC, uh, SWIFT, uh, Euroclear. I mean, I can just keep going on and on and on. And if there was a synchronized attack, uh, we would essentially bring the global financial markets to its knees. And uh, probably the first response would be that, that securities prices would crash. And the, the second issue would be that we would probably have to close all the exchanges and uh, in, the, in the world, potentially, in order to figure out how we restore the global payment system. This is bond trading billionaire Scott Menard, the chief investment officer of Guggenheim Funds. We've highlighted his silver bullion bullishness on the SSD Bullion channel in years past. Before we end this week's bullion market update, we're going to remind you just how financially connected this man is. What he has said on record is the transitional endgame phase for the global payment system to come. As well, we'll listen again to his take on silver's eventual parabolic rise potential to come. Mr. Bernard is also stating that the 10-year U.S. Treasury will probably go negative before this 40-year bond bull market ends. Before we begin this update in earnest, a few thought-provoking questions related to this topic of the global payment settlement system freezing up. How will our vulnerable global payment system react to large-scale coordinated hacks, attacks, and or significant natural disasters like solar flares that could potentially blow out nearly everything digital and electronic it possibly blows through here on Earth? Other questions to ponder. This is the Bank for International Settlements Money Flower illustration. It illustrates that all currency derivatives flowered from their precious metal monetary legacies and foundations. The government partner central banks still hold over one in five ounces of gold. Ever mind because they know their fiat financial folly history. Uh, gold bullion is their insurance policy if and when currency derivatives fail again. How prepared are you if the financial system were to seize up for months in duration? I think back to 2017 when there was major Hurricane Maria in the island of Puerto Rico. Basically the internet grid totally failed and cash was king. In a complete financial system freeze or failure, having physical bullion in cash should be handing and getting necessities, and always having a few months of physical fiat currency notes hidden away to cover monthly household expenses makes common sense given the inherently leveraged risks we are all facing today. Small denomination silver and gold bullion products can also be handy for getting immediate liquidity in a pinch. In the race for digital control grid cartels ongoing, our short-sighted financial leaders seem to want to help us 
get helpless in transacting if and when the future electronic grids fail and or get hacked for longer durations of time. Why else would the Bank of International Settlements, Augustine Carsons, say things like absolute control when referring to the Fiat Central Bank digital currency or CBDC payment grid that he and 100 plus central banks are working on right now? Listen to him back in late 2020. Now, in order our analysis on CBDC, in particular for the use of general, to the general use, uh, we tend to establish the equivalence with cash. Uh, and there is a huge difference there. Uh, for example, in cash, uh, we don't know, for example, who's using a $100 bill today. We don't know who is using a 1,000 peso bill today. Uh, a key difference in, with the CBDC is that central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that uh, expression of central bank liability. And also we will have the technology to enforce that. Those, are, those two issues are extremely important and that makes a huge difference with respect to what, uh, to what cash is. And right on cue, the Daily Mail reported today, a Cornell University law professor who advocated ending banking as we know it and praised the Soviet Union's financial system over its lack of gender pay gap has been tapped by the White House to lead the office of the Comptroller of the Currency. Sal Omarova's nomination to head the regulatory agency overseeing the country's largest banks is a controversial choice that's alarmed banking groups. She's advocated for moving Americans' financial accounts from private banks to the Fiat Federal Reserve and for forcing banks to lose leverage on federal subsidies by becoming non-depository lenders. It would diminish the stature of institutions she's supposed to regulate. By separating their lending functions from their monetary function, the proposed reform will effectively end banking as we know it. Omovar wrote in a paper updated in February of this year titled The People's Ledger. Have we noticed the trend yet? Less control and privacy over our savings is what they want. And other than bullion, they're probably going to get it this decade into the next. Hello there. On behalf of SDBullion.com, this is James Anderson with your Bullion Market Update. Before we go further, please smash the like button so other sound money stackers can also see this content. And be sure to subscribe to our SD Bullion channel so you can get our latest market coverages and also a chance at winning incredible Bullion giveaways like this one. You know the drill. SD Bullion is giving away a box of 500 new 2021 Silver Eagles that could have your name written all over it. But if you don't enter, it could go to someone like Silver Steve here. And while we like Silver Steve, he really doesn't like to share. So click the link below for your chance to win. Click the link below to enter your chance at winning this 2021 SD Bullion Type 2 American Silver Eagle Coin Monster Box giveaway of 500 Silver Eagle Coins. Official sweepstakes rules can be found at www.sdbullion.com forward slash sweepstakes. Good luck to all of you who enter and for your chance to win. Silver and gold had volatile weeks with the general last half year trend still down. The gold-silver ratio tightened to close this week, but to me, it still looks technically like it wants to spike towards 85 before we make a next major move downwards. The Reddit Wall Street Silver crew continues updating on Twitter how massive the New York Fed's repo loans are growing on a daily basis. We just hit a daily record of over $1.6 in one day this week. 
And congrats to them for reaching 150,000 silverbacks in their Reddit community this week. Now back to silver billionaire Scott Menard making a further case for the next big risk facing global investors today. The thing that bothers me about something like the global payment system is I don't think anyone's focused on it. And it, this really takes a high degree of international cooperation. It takes a real macro look, meaning there needs to be somebody or some group of people who, who are looking at how everything interconnects and, and where the potential vulnerabilities are. I think at this stage, um, this is in the world of the unthinkable. And so, uh, therefore, um, you know, I've used this phrase before, there's a cognitive dissonance around it, which is to talk about this idea, the consequences are so dire that immediately people just sort of move on to say, well, that'll never happen, right? And so it's, uh, I, th I think there's, there's a real uh, vulnerability to uh, the markets in general, but even to uh, the existence of capitalism if the payment system were to be suddenly disrupted. Now, what likelihood do you see of some sort of damaging attack on the global payment system and the U.S. payment system in particular? Right. Well, I think that uh, I would put the probability at very high. I mean, certainly well over 50 percent. Um, and the reason that I, may, I put it so high is, one, is nobody seems focused on it. And two, uh, it, for someone who's sitting out there thinking that they want to disrupt the, our economy, uh, this is the most logical choke point in the economy. So, you know, I, I got accused when talking about this once that I'm actually alerting terrorists and other governments on how to attack us. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, the likelihood is uh, they're already thinking about it. Interrupting the, this flow of capital, uh, you know, would just cascade through the system because people, you know, if they sell a security or they... S they, they're looking to raise cash for some reason, whether it's a business or an investor. Uh, they've usually doing that because they've committed to cash on the other side. And so you can just see how it can just become a chain. We need a, an international cooperation to, to begin to assess the risk and figure out how, one, in the short run, we can harden the system that exists, and two, in the long run, modernizing it. Uh, you know, uh, delivery versus payment, which is the standard way that we've delivered securities for a hundred years, uh, is sort of in, a, in an age like ours kind of ridiculous. Uh, there's no reason why that just can't be instantaneous. And so, uh, but that's going to take, you know, a, a new generation of technology. And whether that's blockchain or whatever that is, um, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it needs to be modernized. And, uh, you know, in the short run, um, you know, I think that, that uh, people, especially people like uh, central banks, uh, uh, exchanges, so on and so forth, need to really take a hard look at their systems, not just their system, but in the interconnectivity of the system and how secure is that connection that's being made, not just from the standpoint of it having being disrupted, but, you know, since you're, you're sending information through the ether, you know, what's the chance that that, that, that can be redirected somewhere? 
Are you saying that we don't have a financial <coughs> system that's built for our modern era? Exactly. We're, we're living off of a, a, an antiquated system that was a hodgepodge of things that got put together. Do you think that tech companies have a role to play in making this financial system safer? Uh, absolutely. I mean, look, without uh, the intelligence, the sophistication of the tech industry, uh, I think it would be virtually impossible. But, you know, that's the history of the United States, right? I mean, um, the aircraft companies that developed, you know, sophisticated new planes and bombers in the Second World War, it was all done by the private sector. So, you know, historically, the private sector is always called upon to take a leadership role. It just is that we need to define the problem. And I've defined the problem. I've identified the problem. I haven't defined it exactly because I don't know what all the pieces of this thing are. And, and that's a lot of work to figure out the pieces. And that's what I think right now central banks and governments should be doing a coordinated effort of figuring the whole thing out and then going to people to work on trying to create solutions. Uh, I think letting government do it themselves will take too long and it will be too expensive. As promised to close this week's SD Bullion Market Update, we're going to revisit with what this former New York Federal Reserve Investment Advisor Committee member has told us about silver and where the world is headed by 2030. We're going to start in early 2020, and then we're going to go all the way back to 2011. Last time the U.S. debt ceiling debacle got the U.S. debt downgraded by Moody's and other ratings agencies. <laughs> Every three months since the year 2009, the private New York Federal Reserve's Investor Advisory Committee on Financial Markets convenes for a quarterly meeting around a long central table seating some 14 members, plus high-level ranking New York Fed staffers in the 10th floor conference room. New York Fed Investor Advisors usually move on and off the committee every three years or so. In any particular quarter's meeting, there will be private equity executives, investment management CIOs and CEOs large macro-focused traders, and perhaps a pension fund manager or two. Many of these current New York Fed investment advisors are luminaries and well-known names on Wall Street and throughout this financialized economy. This is the current list of 14 members who serve in this quarterly form of informal New York Fed discussions on financial, economic, and public policy issues, which help inform the New York Federal Reserve's president and senior management about the financial world ongoing. You may recognize current member names such as outspoken gold bull Ray Dalio of Bridgewater Associates, Paul Tudor Jones who claimed mid last year that gold was his favorite trade for the coming 12 to 24 months, Bill Ackman, David Rubenstein, and there's also a raging silver bull among them. The same voice that started this week's update has frank thoughts about silver now in early 2020 and two through the end of this decade, possibly into the year 2030. Before you go, we need a conviction trade. Big calls, made a lot of headlines. Right. Where do you put your money? What's the number one conviction trade right now for you, 2020? Uh, silver. Silver? Mm -hmm. Silver? Yeah. Why not gold? Uh, because when you look at the relative values of silver and gold, uh, silver today is about, uh, let's say, 60, 65% below its prior peak. Gold is, is getting very close to its prior peak. Can it go exponential like we've seen in some of the non-precious metals? I think there's a high probability of that. 
We will end today's market update by going back to late 2011 to hear why New York Federal Reserve Advisor Scott Minerd was a 20-year bull on silver bullion back then, when the spot silver price had fallen from 50 to just over 32 fiat Federal Reserve notes per troy ounce. But what about silver? Why silver, Mr. Scott Minard? He's chief investment officer at Guggenheim Partners. He has more than $100 billion in assets under management. Come on, man. Silver? Yes, why silver? Well, look, it's the way the story ends is this. Right? We are carrying around in our pockets chits of paper. Mm -hmm. And in 20 years, we're going to be talking to our grandchildren. And we're going to say how we used to take these pieces of paper out and hand them to people, and they gave us things of value in exchange for them. And then our grandchildren are going to look at us incredulously and say, Oh, granddad, how stupid do you think I am? Who, everybody knows that paper money isn't worth anything. Do you really believe that's going to happen <clears throat> in 20 years? Yes. And so, like many were saying back in late 2011, even this now billionaire New York Fed investor advisor is still stating that later this decade and possibly into the next, a coming exponential silver price rise remains a high probability future event. That is all for this week's market update. As always, to you out there, take great care of yourselves and those you love. If you enjoyed this content, be sure to give our video a thumbs up. To keep getting bullion-related news and industry insights, be sure to subscribe to our channel. Finally, hit that alert button so you know when we publish fresh content.